And this Go. ball in the air, deep right center Go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. Everybody to the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 because when you do, you'll save 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, we're diving deep into the current state of Colorado Rockies pitching. And we're going to do it with a little bit of a twist, a little bit of a different framing, a little different way to look at it. We're going to power rank all the Rockies pitchers together. We're throwing the starters, the relievers into one big batch. And power ranking is a little bit different from giving you a the depth chart or, you know, who we think's got the, the best chance of doing X, Y, or Z. We're taking a right now finger on the pulse take of how these Colorado Rockies pitchers feel to you. So we're going to dive into that. But first, Patrick, first, Patrick, it is a day of celebration because not only do I have in my possession <gasps> the Juice Drop Hazy IPA the elusive Breckenridge Brewery. Juice Drop, Hazy IPA from Breckenridge Brewery. The elusive. Very elusive. I'm also wearing Juice Drop. I'm, I'm going all out because I haven't been able to have it. And I wanted to share with everybody here because, you know, this isn't just at this point. Look, we're taking care of one of our sponsors, obviously. We're doing that thing. But you know I've been having a hard time getting my hands on this IPA. And I'm going to give you here, everyone together, I'm going to take my first sip of this tremendous, I assume, tremendous tasting beer. I'm gonna share my review with everyone live real quick. So here we go. Hope that came through on the mic. I hope that sounded mm. as good as to you mm. to me. And here we go. Yep, yep, damn good beer. Fantastic. The hops are more of a, of a fault. I was gonna say it's not too hoppy, uh, certainly not on the front end. It's not gonna hit you in the tongue with those those bitter hops if that's not your thing it does linger a little bit though on the back of the throat so if you don't like the hops in the back of the throat maybe not for you but other than that real tasty i mean obviously it's got that citrus that's why the juice drop is in there the citrus punches you if you like a nice citrusy beer that's i'll tell you what folks Whew. i I, sh I didn't want to wait but i guess the wait was worth it i <laughs> cruel world out there but i got my hands on some no will i would say not really lemon 
um, citrus. General, it's, it's, it's more of an orange. It, it's it's more in the orangish, mm. um, sort of a, a tart. Probably not a tangerine, but maybe even closer to something like that mm. on the citrus end. I would say than zesty. Lemon. I think that's the word. Yeah, zest. We got it's it's full of zest. There we go. So that's our mm. totally, totally legitimate and official review. There you go, and I will second that. that I know. Drew has not had any of these before. So there you have it. The elusive juice drop hazy IPA from Breckenridge Brewery. The beer with the most zesticular fortitude juice drop. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, the, the hops aren't overwhelming. They're definitely there, but I, I would not call the hops overwhelming. So if, if you're not an IPA person, I would still, you know, I have your IPA friend order it and have a sip, but you, you may end up mm. adding it to your list. All right, Man. Patrick, let's uh, let's not waste any further time. Let's get into Colorado Rockies pitching here and get right into it. Now, again, as I was talking about a minute ago, power ranking can be very tricky and it can be something that means a little bit something different to everybody. And we're going to find out what it means to you and me right here and, and maybe to the people here in the comments. But we're trying to get just a sense of the stock, right? That's another way to put it, right? Whose hmm. stock is on the rise and is in a great spot. Whose stock is maybe stagnated or, or on the way down right now. Whether or not we believe that in the future, say, someone like Jairo Diaz could be and probably will be a very important pitcher for the Colorado Rockies, it would be very difficult for us to argue right now that his stock is on the way up. Right. He's in it. He's coming off a pretty tough year. So this is going to get fascinating. And and I'll actually I've got an opening salvo for you unless you wanted to start. But I, I think that the guy that I think maybe belongs number one on the list helps us define a little bit what we're talking about here. Well, I was going to start with number 60 on my list. OK, excellent. That, of course, <laughs> being Drew Butera. Catcher, no, 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 I, we're not going to do 60. Um, although I, Desmond I, at 59. I did petition, I did petition for 60, but Drew's like, you know, I was hoping to wrap this podcast up before, you know, midnight Pacific Standard Time. I did appreciate that you gave me an extra hour there to work in the podcast, but yeah, we probably should maybe, maybe narrow it down to 10 or so. But you want to start with number one. Which, which might be a better way of doing it, I think so. Oh, yeah, only because I, I think it could get messier if we tried to go the other way, then we're trying to move people back. But it, it's going to get a little messy, I think, in the middle, either way. Um, I've got 10 guys. Well, I have, I have a top 10 with a tie for 10th place. So, yeah, I think that's where, you know, after we get past the first five, you know, we'll have a little back and forth. But I think you've got 10 that you could say that you could be happy about and say, man, all right, there are 10, at least 10 good pitchers on this staff. And that's, you know, that should make uh, a fan of any base. You <laughs> that's know, the be, other be thing. Really like, promising uh, about their, their team. Going in, forward. This, in this season of giving, Patrick, we are focusing on the part of the team that actually <laughs> feels decent. And so, so we're, yeah, we get to focus on some good cheer and some good tidings as, as, as it were. So, yeah, I'll, I'll begin with who I've got number one on my list. And maybe we can even go back and forth here. But I actually think the pitcher whose stock is the highest right now in the moment, certainly after the, the season we've just had, is Antonio Sensatella. Hmm. I've got Antonio Sensatella all the way 
at number one on my list. Again, that doesn't mean I expect him to be the opening day starter. I expect him to be the best pitcher next year. But I think that with Herman Marquez sort of stagnating a little bit, not taking that next step forward, um, John Gray being out for the year, and Kyle Freeland, while he, he I think, emphatically came back, um, did still have some of those spots on the resume, a couple of those starts that, that really got away from him that were rough that still make you go a little bit like, okay, let's see Freeland really. But but Sensatella has just gone up and up and up, and I, I think he's soaring right now. I think he's, he's continuing to go up. He's coming into his prime. I actually have Antonio Sensatella, number one on my, my power rank. I definitely can't argue with the the fact that he's his his stock has never been higher and he's he's on the upswing and is you know very promising and a guy that the Rockies are probably fielding a lot of phone calls on. They're short conversations. I mean, they're not really any conversations because there's no back and forth. There's a yeah. there's a fourth and then Jeff Bryce is not really <laughs> going back right. on that. Um, so you definitely have to say that. But for me, my number one is Herman Marquez, and his stock might not be. Uh, on the upswing in the same way as Antonio Sensatella, but I think if you look at two guys that are at 25 years old, you know who would you rather have? I think people would probably prefer to have oh, totally. Herman Marquez over Antonio Sensatella oh, for that power ranking reason. Yeah. I would have him as number one because right. he's the guy that's most likely to win a Cy Young this year uh, for the Rockies, and yep. you know, and shoot, I just want to see the. The guy get a damn vote. Just give him a third place vote, and and hopefully, you know, he he might have been on his way to doing that in 2019, if you know his final month of his season had not getting derailed by by injury. But I would just love to see that because I think that would put him on the map. That would put him in that group of you know four pitchers in Rockies franchise history who have received a vote for the Cy Young Award. He would be the the fifth, and that would really be you know fantastic to see. So for me, even in even in you know light of mm. that, you know, most exciting season. He it sends it had the most exciting season that, that gets you most a lot more hyped about a guy at the end of the season than you than you felt about him before the season. I would still in my power rankings have Herman Marquez number one. But I understand yeah, what so, you're at. So again for me it's it's like uh, this is all about how you define like a power right. ranking, right? Sure. Because I, I I don't there's no disagreement with anything that you've just said. It's just sort of the difference between you know, it's like in the NBA opening night tonight. Uh, cheers to them. Cheer your Breck Brew to them. Um, you know, if one team goes 4-0 and in a week and the team everybody expects to win the championship goes 2-2 two and two that week, we're going to pick the team that went 4-0, and number one in the power rankings, even though we know, hey, look, I'm not picking them over them, right? The 2-2 two and two team is still the best team in the NBA. But are they at the top of the power rankings this week? So, so that's my kind of analogy. That's why I actually have Herman Marquez in third. Because in my estimation, he's the best pitcher on the team. No questions asked. Best pitcher on the team. Highest ceiling. And right now, one of the higher floors. Like, he's been pretty steady for a minute now. Some of it is the expectations game that gets a little bit unfair where I feel like Herman Marquez had been, his stock had been rising and rising and rising. And then from 19 to 20, it didn't rise at all. It stayed exactly where it was. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. He was, he was very good. Uh, but actually, Sensatella did have 
the better season. So in my analogy, right, he's the guy, he's the NBA team that got on a hot run. And, and do I expect him to be better than Marquez next year? Not at all. Not even, I wouldn't take odds on that even a little bit. But I do think that he's the hottest pitcher for the Rockies right now. He's the, again, the the soaring stock where, and, and again, now if you, if you draw that analogy out further, you're still buying stock in Herman Marquez before you're buying it in Sensatella probably. But um, yeah, for me, it's just, yeah, he's, he's the, the fun thing right now that just, will it last? We don't know, but I, it, put, to put it this way, he's like 153 ERA plus or whatever, whatever that was over 60 games, right? Marquez never done that. Gray's never done that. Freeland has done it once. He did 160 something in his Cy Young contention campaign. We talked about Marvin Freeman and his 179, right? But if over 162, Sensatella can be the pitcher he was over 60 games, then he actually is the best pitcher of all of them. We just don't necessarily trust that. But yeah, we're it's December 22nd. Yeah. We're on we're on the cusp of 2021, but we're not there yet. If we're just grading out based off 2020, I can't really dispute why you have Antonio Sensatella as your number one. If we're just looking at 2020. You're 100% right now. And and again, under the harshest lens, the farthest back I can move Herman Marquez is, is to third, right? So if that's the case, who do you think I've got there in second? It has to be Kyle Freeland. Not necessarily. Because remember, relievers are available for this as well. Yeah. For, so for me, it's Kyle Freeland. I got, I got <laughs> Herman Marquez, like, yeah, Kyle Freeland as one and two. I, I think, yeah. again... Just because the value of a starting pitcher is, you know, so much more than than a relief pitcher, and but at the same time, you say, well, how about to the Colorado Rockies? You know, what I mean, who who have at times struggled to find starting pitching, uh, other times struggled to find quality relief pitching, and they they might maybe have needed it more. So if you're looking at it in, in that perspective of, well, you know what, Rockies have four really solid starters, so it's easier to maybe not appreciate them as much as you might and just say, well, if there's only one consistent reliever in the bullpen, then that guy probably <laughs> has more value than these guys who are, you know, have a four-way tie. So you're right. There are, there are different ways of, of looking at it. Um, so in, in, in that aspect, uh, it, you would probably have Daniel Bard as your number two. I, I did on my on my personal list. I, I think you've just talked me out of it, though, a little bit more in terms of like it is – I, I do think, again, it depends on how you're defining the question, right? Are we saying most valuable to the team? Because no, no reliever is going to be more valuable to the team than Freeland or Marquez at this point. If we're just talking about, you know, who's the pitcher who you just feel most good about when they take the mound right now, that's a completely different question, right? And and Daniel Bard is is in that conversation. But I, I think I feel better about Freeland in there at number two, Marquez at three, and then Daniel Bard in at, at a number four spot. Um, again, because Freeland had a good, se- had an upward swing season where Marquez, I, I feel definitely stagnated, right? But he stagnated at good. So that's a fine place to stagnate. Um, you could, uh, another word for that is he was consistent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for Freeland though, he needed to come back and he did. He came back in a big way. It was, it was a really impressive upswing for him so I, I i like that i think that makes the most sense to have freeland in there and i think and so so essentially our top three is 
a, a mix of Herman Marquez, Kyle Freeland, and Antonio Senzatella. Right. Where again, if you if you're if you're if we're doing an NCAA football style of of, of points, all right. Well, I got Marquez as my number one. You got Senzatella as your number one. Marquez is your number three. Senzatella is my number three. So they're going to end up kind of balancing out. So we're going to have to have a, a three way playoff between those three exactly. guys. But we've right. we've got those guys there, and but so that would mean, guys, yeah. and that would mean for your number four, you have. Uh, Daniel Bard, you said, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, again, as somebody whose stock is obviously way higher than it was any of those years when he wasn't pitching, it's obviously a unique situation, right? You don't have a previous year to compare it to. You don't have a previous six years to compare it to. But what you do have is, as you just said, a guy in the bullpen who you actually feel confident handing the ball to, um, who you feel great about when you see, okay, he's going to be there next year. That's a, that's a fine place to start where he's closing, setting up. Uh, the stuff was great. It ended up being more than just a good story as, as he really did start to dominate. And, you know, you, you wonder about the future on the field, the, the impact, the probability for him to continue to add um, with the mileage that isn't there, even if he's a little bit older in age, we've talked about that part of it before too. So yeah, uh, again, as a guy who's, on the upward swing and, and everything about him is, is positive right now. There's really not a, a negative thought about Daniel Bard beyond was it a lightning in a bottle situation? And, you know, is, is it going to just totally flop next year? But again, if we're taking the pulse of right now, you got to feel good about Daniel Bard. Or post 2020 even like, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. To, to phrase it a slightly different way. Right. right. I, yeah, no, he, he's right there at number five for me. So we're, we're pretty much in agreement there. Um, but I do have just ahead of him, John Gray, for the reason I kind of, you know, had articulated before that the, the value see, of starting see, pitching is there, so John critical. Gray has had an 0 and 4 week, though. See, like, and I love sure. John Gray, and I think he's going to have a better, but for a power ranking, I just, he's had such a, a bad season. Like, he just, yeah, it was a crap 2020 year. I, I mean, I feel you, he's going to be, he's going to be fine. I actually think he's going to be great. Right. But right now, I have a hard time putting John Gray high up on this list just because no one feels good about John Gray right now, except people who love ERA+. plus. I, I feel good about John Gray in the aspect of who else is better than him as your starting pitcher. Like the drop-off between John Gray, sure, was not good. But you have you know he was still able to find his stuff. He had two mm-hmm. starts maybe where, mm-hmm. where that was the case. But – you say the drop off between him and the next guy just seems astronomical. And for that reason, you know, that has so much value. Like I have only one more starting pitcher after John Gray in my top 10 and it's not Ryan Castellani. Spoiler right. alert. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I'm spoiling it by, you know, 10 minutes, but still <laughs> it is a spoiler alert. So for that reason, that's why I got John Gray so high only because yeah, his 2020, was lackluster, but it was still, you know, he, he still was competitive enough to keep the Rockies in a lot of those games early on in the season. Yeah. Season got shut down a little bit derailed by injury, but compared to the other options. And then again, it's, it's, it's who you're up against when, when we see who else we've got, you go, I I don't know. There's going to be as many guys that you're going to say, Oh man, way more excited about this guy than John Gray. Part of the reason why we're disappointed in John Gray is because we know how good he can be. And and we right. know that 
okay, yeah, that's it's hard to get maybe excited or it's hard to give a lot of power for doing these power rankings for a guy who, you know, was about, you know, a league average number five starter numbers wise. Right. Right. But the Rockies have, we've talked about it, have, have long need needed a guy, a guy that you're like, damn, we just, rotation you know, the Rockies just signed a number five starter that you can rely on. All right. There's some value in that. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I just, as a, as a stock right now thing, but uh, I'm with you. I do think that Gray's, I still think Gray's best seasons are ahead of him. Um, I feel actually sure. fairly confident in that. Um, but I, I do think if you were to take a, a fan survey right now of who do you feel better about taking the mound, when they, when they step on the mound, John Gray or Daniel Bard, I'd, I bet Bard's going to win that one pretty comfortably. But does he bring as much value? Absolutely not. Not even close. Like, no, no, no. But, uh, and Gray is just generally underrated. Like you said, Gray is so much, it, it's so much a, a product of circumstance of what people expected him to be, what people know he can be when he's at his best, all of these other things that just, it's, it, it, he's, in a, he's in a tough spot. And uh, yeah, I don't know that, well, we can get into that a little bit later, I guess. I was going to say some of the, a couple of these other starters, I think, actually do have rising stock right now where John Gray has falling stock. Now, their stock isn't higher than his, but again, they're going up and, and he's going down. I Castellani, while you're not super excited about him, in my estimation, that was actually a huge stock rising season for a guy I wasn't sure was going to be able to pitch at the big leagues at all. For him to come out and be just under league average and competitive and hang in there pretty solidly for a while. I was like, okay, Castellani could be a thing. Whereas a, a year before that he was flaming out in triple a and I was like, Ooh, you know? Uh, so, so his stock is up, but he's probably, but he's not on the list or anything. I'm just saying, uh, all right. So that puts us at five again, either way, Bard gray, gray Bard. That's our four or five. And so you, you also don't have Brian Castellani in your top 10. Uh, you know, I, I have sort of a jumble there at nine, 10, 11, 12. And it, and again, it depends on, on what you're valuing. I could put him in there at, at number 10. Yeah. But I, I think actually I'm, I'm a little more high on, uh, on some of these relievers and, and, and so. And yeah. So we'll, we'll have to see who those guys are, because if, if you, if you, if, if you think Ryan Castellani has a, his stock is on the way up and, and you feel like he showed a lot of promising things. It, it would seem strange for him to not to be in your top 10. The reason he wasn't in my top 10 and I got two guys tied for 10. So he's not in my top 11 um, is, is I, I, I'm not, I'm not buying in on, on Ryan Castellani, right. unfortunately had a really good first start was fantastic. Like that was, you know, a wonderful thing. I, I think Rockies fans should definitely not forget. I don't plan on forgetting it anytime soon, just the way he was, he was carving up guys like no other, but uh, I, I don't really feel he's uh, you know, a, a real suitable option as the number five guy. He's, he's great as, as a depth piece and, and, and could potentially be a long reliever. Maybe that's, you know, the, the, the best spot and the best fit for him. Uh, but for a contending team, you know, I don't, I don't know if, uh, if, if Castellani is going to continue to, you know, make any progress. I, just getting a spot on the major league roster doesn't necessarily, to me, mean, hey, a guy's stock is rising. It's just he's been given I mean, an he put opportunity. Up a 91 ERA plus. 
That's like we were just talking about. That's not easy for Rockies pitchers to do that. You have a fifth starter who does that, that, that keeps you in it. Now it's over 60 games. And so if you're not buying it, that, that he could do that over 162, I, I totally understand. I'm not sure, sure I buy that he could, right. either. but it, he didn't do nothing. Like, I mean, you know. Yeah, you know, wins above replacement, you know, 0.1. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. If if he is actually can be some kind of, you know, like league average and like a, a, a number five starter, again, that 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 actually is really good. I, I don't know if he can be. But if he if he could be, that really that ha- that does have a lot of value. Yeah. And it's also what kind of a number five starter. Because if you've got a guy who can just, you know, eat up innings and like a you know what is a number five starter? Is it again like what is an ace? Is it just yeah. the best pitcher in your staff or one of the best pitchers in the game? So just because you're the fifth starter doesn't mean you are the, you know, fifth capital S starter. Right. And so I don't, I, you know, it. There's a there's plenty of of guys who could be a fifth starter. You don't you don't want a fifth starter, right? You don't. It's uh, I, I was listening to something with uh, Jack Edkin, fan, fantastic uh, writer for Forbes. And and he was sharing something about the early days of of uh, the Rockies and you know him and Tracy Ringlesby working for the Rocky Mountain News and they were trying to basically prepare right. fans in Denver RIP RIP uh, MNP or MNN MRMN RMN um, but they they were like well look we've got nothing to report on yet there's no team but hey. They're coming in the next year, so they had to say, "All right, here's what you want out of your leadoff hitter. Here's what a cleanup hitter does." Right again, just just preparing fans for what Major League Baseball is 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 going to be like. And so, uh, Jack got got uh, forced to to do something on the seventh hitter, and so he was calling around to different people that he knew in the game. I was like, "All right, what about a you know seventh hitter? What is?" What are this, you know, characteristics? And it was like seventh hitter is, just, is a guy that's not going to be around very long. <laughs> yeah. And so like to be a number five starter is like, you're not going to be around very long. If, if you yeah, have to. That, you don't want to have yeah. that on your resume. I think I was yeah. saying we didn't uh, end up <laughs> drafting him in our, our NAS stars, but John Vanderwall. Love uh, on him. Yeah. Baseball reference page. Uh, he's one of the very few people who it says pinch hitter as his position. Like you oh. very rarely see Mark that. Sweeney. I bet you Mark Sweeney's page says that too. He right. was another guy too. That also was with the Rockies and right. had him on my list as a just in case. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but but right. And and so yeah, so getting back to Castellani, it's you know, we'll see. There there's plenty of guys that could be a number five starter, but they just they they don't get that length. So it's like they never get the opportunity. And you might look in their numbers and I go, ah, four eight ERA, that's pretty good. But the team just needed more reliability, and I think there's, you know, you need that reliability, not just the the four eight oh, yeah. ERA. Yeah, you definitely got to eat up innings. And that's where that, that's where it becomes tricky. And he's young enough where he's he's still going to get some opportunities. Jeff Hoffman got plenty of them, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see if if he can hold that that spot down for sure. And 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 really, he needs to be a number four starter. And then if if he can if he can do that, then he can be the Rockies' fifth starter. Well, I think yeah. this makes sense. I think yeah, you can hear the, yeah. the capital yeah. letters when I say fifth starter. Right. right. There's a capital S on like some job, and others. Yeah. Is exactly. Yeah. All right. So at number six, then, do you want to give me yours? or Yeah, I've been going first. Give me yours. I've got Yancey Almonte. He Same. was very, uh, very promising. Finally yeah. stepped up 
to the potential that we had seen in glimpses. Yeah. 2018, you know, he, he was, what was that? First outing, I think it might've been against the Mets where, you know, comes in immediately. I think he got a strikeout and a double play on like, you know, on a handful of pitches. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, okay, here we go. And, and when I talked to him down in Albuquerque, he was still a starter at that point and said, you know what, in the Arizona fall league, I really liked coming out of the bullpen. And it was like, what? Wait, 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 wait. Does, why are you saying this to me? What you're a starting pitcher? What? And it was it was just like just totally unprovoked, and, and it was amazing. So he he likes that. He thrives off of that. He likes to study spot, the game. Big moments is the yeah. He he likes to be able to sit out in the bullpen, watch how a game is unfolding, see how certain guys are swinging the bat, use that information so that when he comes in in the sixth, seventh, or eighth, or hopefully for him someday the ninth, that that's his job that he's gathered the information and he knows just exactly how to beat the other guys. I, lo- I love that about him. And yeah, we're seeing him use that intellect and the tools and the, the natural gifts. And he's putting all of those things together now. And, and he had a pretty stupendous season because of it. I think the, I think the issue with this part of the power rankings is, and, and it's actually an issue with the, the Rockies themselves is that I think the the top five guys that we named, you know, the four starting pitchers, Senzatella, Freeland, Marquez, to a lesser extent, uh, extent, John Gray, but Daniel Bard, and you can maybe even throw Bard in this, is that, after, you know, this time next year, we could be doing power rankings on the final day of the season for the pitchers, and the rest of the guys that we, we have on our list might not even be there, right? Because yeah, they're not they reliable, they're not names that you can count on, which, which is part of the worry. But if things line up really well, uh, for me, it's not part of the worry. Again, for me, that's got to be part of the the design. Maybe not quite this many names, but again, I'd I'd rather have more guys who you're not quite sure about, but you've got a whole bunch of them than two guys who, boy, they better pitch good because if not, you're screwed. They're making all the money. You can't. Well, just both situations are awful, right? Both of those well, right, situations right. are really bad. Well, I I don't know. I I don't know. I I'm very again. I've I've seen far more success out of the other i've seen far more of the you know the seemingly randos you know the chris russins and the gabe whites and the whoever appear and have a season of lightning in a bottle to use that phrase for a second time on the podcast for some reason that's my uh, phrase i say that a lot yeah <laughs> uh you know to, to me that's it's it's more likely that a guy uh you know the phrase they say sometimes about uh like like rookies in the NFL, I guess rookies anywhere. I don't know why I hear it more in the NFL, but they, they say like, he doesn't know any better, right? When they start getting hot they, and, they, and they just say like, he doesn't know he's not supposed to be doing this. Nobody tell him what's going on, right? I think there's a Coors Field version of that. I think we saw it with Manny Corpus in 2007. I think we saw it with Chris Russin for a couple of years in 17 and 18. And then the second somebody told him, it's like when you're playing a video game and you're in the zone and somebody starts talking to you, it's like, don't talk to him. And now you can't get it back. Somebody talked to Chris Russin. Somebody told Chris Russin what he was doing right and why he was working at Coors Field, and he couldn't do it anymore. And that uh, no one else had really been doing it to that extent. Right. Like, oh, okay. you're about to get in rarefied air. And it's like, yeah. what? Wait, what? Or maybe he started trying to explain it to everybody else. I think that's a thing that starts to happen, too, to some of these guys. They turn so – in my estimation that, you know, somebody like a – even like Tyler Kinley had an interesting weird season. He, he's going to be one of the next couple of guys that we talk about. And that's one of those guys that – I go, yeah, I could see over the course of 162, somebody like him either becoming a problem you've got to just cut and get rid of, like you can't put him out there anymore, or 
He just gets hot. Nobody talked to him. Stay away from him. Let him stay where he is. He might put up a 190 ERA plus at Coors Field for, obviously, I said over the course of 162, oh, pitching 40, 50 innings, whatever you're going to get out of these guys. But I don't know, man. I, I feel like, at least again, I feel like there's more promise there than in the big dollar guy with a resume because I've never seen the big dollar guy with a resume pitcher come in here and, and find success where those other guys are like, I don't know, just find out which one's which. So we'll see you know, which ones of these next couple of names. I agree. You know, I, I get agree. excited about them. So, you, so you're right. You're like, no, no, no. Oh, I, it's hard I to agree. get excited about these guys. But I'm like, we're on the same page. But when I when I say the part of the problem with the Rockies here with with this next group of guys isn't necessarily a problem with you know anything with development. I, I again, I I think the you know the the system is on the downswing, and you know they they do lack some some promising. Guys, you would you would hope to to have been there, maybe slightly more established. But I, I'm not really talking about that. I'm just saying the problem with the Rockies is that when have they ever had a guy that has been able to string together two, let alone three consecutive consistent years? It just doesn't happen. Of course, right. field. So right. so that right. that's just a, that's an ongoing problem. That's just that's there, just, whether right. or not Dick Monfort is sitting in the is sitting in the the game. Right, of that one's even owner seat. Yeah, if he's sitting in the throne yeah, or true. otherwise, it's just going to be that problem. <laughs> and so it, it doesn't matter. You know, again, if we were if we, if we did this after 2018, you know, our, our power rankings, and, and I'm sure you've done, you know, we did stuff like that or you did stuff when it was the sure. solo pod where you look and said, oh, man, look at this guy. Oh, man, look at that guy. And then 2019, you go, wow, okay, no, Wade Davis it was, was abysmal. Yep, he was. Right. You know, Brian Shaw clearly is going to be better, but you saw glimpses. Jake McGee, he's going to be back to that 2016-17 Jake McGee. Nope. And and that is right. just the nature of the beast because right. Coors Field right. is a beast. But there is promise. Yensei Almonte at number six. Um, my number seven, kind of going off the board a little bit. Mm. My number seven is Ryan Rawlson. Okay, now, see, I, yeah, okay. I like now, this. Now, he... Um, he didn't give up any homers in 2020. Uh, <laughs> didn't face any batters. I'll say that. Uh, yeah, he was at the alternate site. But, you know, I, I kind of teased this uh, either on, on Monday's pod or, or late last week. I, I started looking at, you know, the four Rockies starters. Freeland, Marquez, Sensatella, great. How fantastic they are. And almost to a man, all of them had their, their best season at age 25 and or their second full season in the majors go back and look their right, second so full season been, in the yep. majors or their 25th so sensatella his yep. second full season in the majors in 2018 was his best going into this year and then had his best year in 2020 at age 25 so anyway you want to slice it ryan rollison's 23 right now so if the rockies under this under this theory of mine here mm-hmm. that that has evidence, right? You say if you can essentially give Ryan Rollison a full season at age 24 next year, and I think he's going to get a lot of opportunity to pitch a lot of innings. You do have I to do be too. careful. You do have to be very cautious with him ultimately having zero innings pitched in 2020. It's a pretty big jump to even throw him 100 innings, but we know we know the risks involved. If you can give him as close to a full season as you can at the major league level, then his second season in 2022 at age 25, boom. So again, I'm a lot of hypotheticals here, and not as much of it is based off of 2020. If, if we're trying to do a power rankings 
uh, in, in that capacity. But for me, looking at some of the other guys that are on the list after their 2020s, there's a lot of question marks. And I go, man, the guy that excites me most going forward, I got to give him some extra bonus points. And that's why Ryan Rollison is my number seven in the power rankings and why I think the Rockies really need to be somewhat aggressive with getting him starts early in 2021 and making him a part of the rotation. I 100% agree. And I think I had him back a, a, a spot or two, but I'll, I'll even add to that because, you know, you were saying you didn't do a lot in 2020. So, you know, how is his stock rising? But there were actually a couple of Ryan Rollison bits of news. The fact that the Rockies had him throw so many innings in spring training just before mm-hmm. the pandemic. And then after the pandemic, he was with that spring training squad right up to the very end when they all went up. And the fact that he was even on uh, the alternative site after uh, having not pitched, you know, to, well, he's pitched at high A. That's the the, the highest level. Is he Because this would have been his double A season, right? This would have been his double A year. And so that he in what should have been his double-A year was being pushed closer and closer to the big leagues by the Rockies. And I don't think just out of pandemic necessity or out of pitcher necessity, I think that was always kind of the schedule that, in fact, I do think that in a normal 162-game season, we would have seen Ryan Rollison, especially if the Rockies were out of it, um, make his debut as a September call-up in a normal 2020. That's where they could have gotten him his feet wet a little bit, get some of the jitters of that first thing out of the way because they want him for 2021. That's that's always been the plan, like you said. So expect rookie stuff out of him. Expect, you know, we, we Peter Lambert, you know, we saw ups and, and some real, real downs there. And I, and I think Rollison's more polished than that. But yeah, I do think that his 2020 saw his stock rise in a weird way without him really pitching in front of our eyes or doing much. Just the, the team's continues shows of faith in him I, I think are telling and he traveled with the team i believe on that final road trip and there right. was there were a lot of uh, rumors and speculations that, he that might came through again, the grapevine yeah. that he was he was going to make his debut and it, it, it was actually really close um and that was you know that would have been nice that would have been a, a definite silver lining and a, a little bow to kind of put on a otherwise you know difficult season not so good season, not yeah. so good but you know it's uh, a lot of factors. A lot of factors on my on my power rankings. I I did not keep it simple. I I, I love that, and I don't even know I used the same uh, formula to come up with all of it at different no, points. I, I said I want something different here out of my seven spot, uh, and I went with Ryan Rawlson. I love it. Hey, and if you're looking for something different, before we get into these last couple of spots here, I highly recommend getting into rugby. I've been getting mm. into rugby. I know Patrick is. Uh, been getting into rugby, Patrick. Probably you, you probably a little more history paying attention to. You're, you're more of a global sportsman, I would say, uh, a little bit than I am. In, in some, yeah, you're a bit of a bit of a connoisseur of the the sporting world globally, and I appreciate that about you. And if you want to be also a citizen of the sporting world, well, guess what? You don't have to go that far because Denver is basically the epicenter now of rugby in the United States. You got to check out the DNVR rugby podcast with Colton Strickler, follow him on Twitter, do all that stuff, whether you're totally new to it, or even if you're an expert, they're breaking everything down for you, getting in depth, explaining the game, and also explaining what's going on right now in the game. And there is a lot out there with 
Glendale becoming the new home of the USA 15 teams, Eagles 15 teams for the uh, women and men out here. It's going to be like some of the best of the best rugbyers. Is that what you? Rugbers. 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 Yeah, rugbers. In the world. Right here in your backyard. Check them out. Check out all the great work they're doing over there at DNVR Rugby. You're going to have a lot of fun with it. The, the best part about the DNVR Rugby podcast, too, is that it, it it's not just about, hey, here's what happened over the weekend with this game. It does have that historical context to it. So, again, if you're looking to get into it, you go, I'm not even going to listen to this week. I'm going to kind of go back a little bit and, and listen to some of the interviews because uh, Colton's getting some some really – he's swinging some big guests. Right. Um, and, and looking at the game in, in, in a more overall perspective because he knows, hey – there's not a lot of hardcore rugby fans in and around our area. So he's really trying to, to bridge that gap. So if you are hardcore, you are already subscribing, of course. But uh, if, if not, it's, it's the perfect inroad to, to begin to learn everything you need to know about it and, uh, and, and win some money on uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, right. too. Extra all these things make sense. There, yeah, there's yeah. a through line through all of it. You don't need the Charlie Day meme the with, with the lines and the strings going and this, that. Yeah. And there's no conspiracy. It's really easy. Subscribe really? to the DNVR Rugby Podcast. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, Patrick. Who you got at number seven? No, wait, we just did number. Wait, where are we at? No, no, no. That was, yeah. Numero ocho <laughs> is Mr. <laughs> S.O., the strikeout. Scott Ober. Now, did yeah. not play in 2020. Yeah. And I'm worried spot. that he might not be playing much in 2021 Look, we or beyond. We, we yeah. have no idea. We have no idea. There, there's we have a no idea. But I'm worried. Right? I think we're yeah. all, I think everyone in, in the Rockies community is just worried about his health. Like in general, yeah. you go, damn, that is, that is not a good thing, whether you're at altitude or otherwise. Right. You're worrying about him. Yeah. So that's one yeah. of the reasons why he's as low as he is. If he had just, you know, miss the season because, wow, had a freak Achilles injury. You know, he'll be back. He'll be fine. You know what kind of guy he is. He just has to get his body back to pre-injury shape. You would you would go – you wouldn't knock him so much for missing 2020. You go, yeah, you would still say, all right, we're going to get back to 2019, Scott Oberg. And it might not yeah. happen right away, but you know for the most part you're going to get that. And so he's top five. He might even be ahead of John Gray. Uh, but it's it's for the the unknown factor why he right. slips back so far, but is still ahead of guys that you know are going to be there. Got three more relievers on the list, but I still would have Scott Olberg ahead just because of that potential that if and when he comes back, slot him in the the eighth inning, slot him in in the seventh inning. Heck, fine if 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 those were the the, the more important outs are, do that. If Daniel Bard has issues. You know, Oberg will be fine closing. The dude is is really calm, incredibly level-headed, and is uh, you know he's he's a fixture in that that locker room, and is uh, he's man, I I I can't wait to get back to talk to some of those young guys, those relievers, and like what does Scott Oberg mean for this bullpen, especially yeah. now that you don't have Shaw, McGee, or Davis, and just hearing those guys talk about well, Scott Oberg's kind of like the Buddha. And he's just calm, cool, collected. Yeah. He's got answers. He's got you know experiences from his days in the Cape Cod League and at mm-hmm. University of Connecticut. All these things. And he's now at what thirty years old, the uh, the grizzled veteran. Yeah, you know? right, right. He's the old man of the group, right? He's the team's union rep. That's right, uh, right. He's yeah. 
Scott Oberg is, and even if he, I, I believe, I, I, I can't know. That's why you, you don't hear me use that word very often, do you? You don't hear me say I believe very often on, on this podcast. But uh, I believe that Scott Oberg will pitch again. Uh, but I also believe that whether he takes the field or not, uh, Scott Oberg is going to continue to be a really important like part of the lifeblood and culture of the Colorado Rockies for the next several years. Uh, but yeah, so this this is a really tough one of like, whoa, where do we put him? Because like from a talent perspective, yeah, he belongs probably in the top five. We don't know what we're going to get out of him. Eight feels about right. Uh, obviously, everyone's rooting for Scott Oberg. Uh, like everybody. <laughs> Anyone who's ever met or known or been around or heard of Scott Oberg is rooting for him. Uh, but yeah, it it shouldn't come as a, like a... a back-breaking shock if he ends up being the Rockies' best reliever next year. Like, he's, in a fair world, he he will be. Yeah. Yeah, in a fair world. Yeah, let's let's hope that 2021 is a little bit more fair <laughs> than 2020. It can't get less <laughs> Amen, unfair. Yeah. 2020. And that, that, might be the, that might be the advertising slogan for 2021. <laughs> 2021. For people who aren't ready. It can't be less unfair, question mark. Right. I think we could sell some some shirts with that on it. It's All right, at least so, an SNL sketch you just wrote. So my my final my final two slots at number nine I've got Tyler Kinley. Number ten as a tie I got in no particular order of my final two guys uh, Michael Gibbons and Robert Stevenson. We can talk about kind of this whole conglomerate so those of two guys. Castellani were my my yeah. Okay. And so Carl, oh you said Estevez yeah. Her ideas I think is on the outside looking in. From that group, Yohan Ibar, again, no no major league experience. He's oh. definitely going to be on the outside. Peter Lambert, uh, we don't know what he, we're going to get. Uh, he's coming back from Tommy John's surgery. Jordan Sheffield, Rule 5 draft, probably my number 11. Uh, again, no major league experience, but you you might like his potential a lot. And and then you got a series of, of guys in, in Hell, Chris Oliveras, Lucas Gilbreth, who, who's added to the, the 40-man roster. Philip Deal on the 40 man, Tommy Doyle, we got to see a little bit. Ben Bowden, who on the ben 40 man. higher up on, on my list. He was in competition for promising. that spot for a minute. I like Ben yes, Bowden. Yes, very, very promising. Jesus Tinoco back with the organization. Carl Kaufman, a guy we've yet to see at all. Chichi Gonzalez right. on a non roster deal. Derek Rodriguez. And I think that rounds out the, the back end of my top 60 list. But uh, from those guys, uh, nine Justin and Lawrence 10, still exists. Did you mention Justin Lawrence? He's, he's still- a thing. He's still a thing that very much could catch fire and really start to contribute to this organization again. Uh, and two other guys that I wanted to mention specifically for the reason that I forgot about them. So I'm not, I'm not calling you out in any way, but just as I was going through stuff here, um, Jack Wincoop, Winecoop, Wincoop, Winecoop, still in the organization, uh, and Nick Kennedy. And what I forgot about both of those guys and what makes them more intriguing is that they're left-handers. I actually totally forgot that Jack Wincoop, it just he's six foot five and sounds, Jack Wincoop sounds like the name of a big righty. I, it doesn't make sense to me, but he, yeah, he's a lefty. I went and looked at their numbers today. Actually pretty solid stuff out of those two guys. They, you got to see it at like the AAA level and stuff. And they're pretty old for their, their levels. These are, these are late bloomers that you're talking about here. If, if there's going to be anything, but Lefties and late blue—they're still in their twenties. They're you know twenty-five, twenty-seven, I think, are their their ages at this point, and they're lefties. So you can 
you can handle a late bloomer maybe. So again, we're those, <laughs> we're, I, we're getting to don't forget these these guys exist territory, but don't forget these guys exist. Yeah, quick thing on Nick Kennedy. I was a little surprised and disappointed he didn't get invited to the alternate site uh, as he was uh, an all-star in the South Atlantic League in, in 2019. Again, as that lefty option, you go, hey, this kid's got something, had really good numbers. But yeah, old for the level. We'll kind of see what happens. But Charlie Kinley, Michael Givens, Robin, uh, Robert Stevenson, what, yeah. what, what order would you so at least have those three guys? Or even throw in Carlos Estevez. Between those four, how would you rank them? Again, for me, Kinley, I'd probably give Stevenson a nod, a little bit of an edge over Givens based on what we saw. Again, I'm, I'm not That's right. I'm not it's, totally going to say. power ranking, right? Yeah. That's, that's, that's almost a harder one because Givens, Rockies fans have never seen him be good. Right. But he's got the best resume of any of these guys we're talking about. Like, that's right. He, and in a much larger sample size, a much larger. He pitched like 12 times for the Rockies. And, and Carlos Estevez has the best resume pitching uh, right. in Colorado. Which right, has a right. lot of value too. So I mean, I now right. I'm starting to feel bad that I left Carlos Estevez off my list. I got to have a three-way tie for tenth place it, now because I know, I right? Cheat, I cheat the rules when it Robert comes to Stevenson's stuff like this. tough because right. I feel like he has the benefit of no negative feelings from Rockies fans so far. Right? No one <laughs> in Rockies kingdom has seen him like totally screw up. Um, but also, even some of the numbers you look at him, you go, okay, it looks like that could play a little bit when he's healthy. He looks like he should be, should be just fine. Where, you know, Givens obviously just very rough introduction. Steve, uh, uh, and um, Kinley, I, I do like Kinley as the highest of of this group because I felt like he showed very well for himself. And something we've got to come up with a name for this, Patrick. We've got to start calling it like the John Gray or the Jorge De La Rosa or the something is the ability to get your ass. Thoroughly kicked at Coors Field. I mean, just stomped in. And then to go back out the next time and, act, and have no one even know that it ever happened. Like, that is a special skill that Brian Shaw never figured out. Wade Davis never figured out. Wade Davis was good right up until he fell off the face of the earth, right? Some of these guys, like Jake McGee, again, it was like he was, he was up and down. He was hurt, but he was good. He was good. He was good. And then once it fell off, it was just like couldn't get it back. And Kinley... He got shattered that game against the the Diamondbacks, and then he was nails the rest of the year. And I was like, I I think I think the word you could use. Uh, I think I have a good track record of making up really good words. Yeah, frustration. Yeah, especially after frustration. Yeah. Let's go with pro amnesia. Sounds like yes. pro am. Yeah, definitely got the amnesia. It's pro amnesia. You got to be a professional and forget about stuff. And only the real, you know, the best of the best can do that. And that's not to say, you know, Brian Shaw and Jake McGee aren't pros because they are. They would strike either one of us out. We 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 talked about how much training we would need to beat the freeze in Atlanta. There's not enough training. We we have to wait out, you know, anything close to death for Brian Shaw or Jake McGee. Maybe when they're 60, we'll get that on ball. But until then, those guys are pros. But it's the amnesia part. That was a little bit harder for for some of those guys, you know, to to kind of be able to put behind them. And you're right, Kinley was was able to do that. I think we saw that at Yancey Almonte a little right. bit. We know Jairo Diaz has done that in the past. He Carlos has Estevez, it. Estevez has definitely done that. Estevez has it in spades. That's yes. what I love about him yes. and why I think I want to put him there at number ten. And the other thing was he had that 
that injury and, and he didn't talk about it throughout the year but remember early on in the season you know we made a big deal about nolan came out and said i got hurt week two and we all went oh that explains it carlos estevez took like a 102 mile an hour rocket off of his pitching hand in arizona in like the second week of the season and he wasn't the same since i'm inclined to think based on his numbers age stuff ability and mindset that carlos estevez was a victim of a, of a rough injury in a season where nobody else could throw in the bullpen, so he had to keep going out there. How many times did we see him get thrown into spots like, why? Why again? Uh, his fastball kept missing over the middle of the plate. So, yeah, I, uh, I'd be you, inclined. Oh, you, given, oh, you, know, you know who Carlos Estevez is. I'll tell you who Carlos Estevez is. Carlos <laughs> Estevez yeah. is, and you would know the real name, He's, he's essentially Boba Fett. He mm. is the guy that if you could clone one guy of, of any Rockies reliever of all time, where, again, you're just getting that guy. And, yeah, oh, man, we wouldn't rather have you know, a bullpen full of Adam Ottavinos. No, I wouldn't because you have to have that pro amnesia. And I think – and, and you can't, can't afford to lose a year where you go, how's your bullpen? Well, you know, all nine of my you know, Ottavino clones had to have Tommy John surgery. You go, ah. That's a shame. Now you need a whole new bullpen. Carlos Estevez, you know, has has been a little bit better with his health. You know, did did have a setback several years back, but uh, I, he's the guy that you clone. Yeah. He is the, the Boba Fett yeah. of the Rockies bullpen. I would just love. He just he has it all. Like you said, he's got the pro amnesian spades. He's got the big body. He's a bruiser. He can take a lick and keep on ticking. Where you need him three nights in a row, he'll do it because. He has to sometimes, right? Or you right, need multiple right. innings on back-to-back nights. He will absolutely do it. And so, and also too, I mean, if you're going to want a soldier of clones, who better than than a guy with a bull like massive right. body, like a, right. a, a group of Braun Strowman, but can throw a pitch 100 miles an hour? That is right. Carlos Estevez. I want an army of Carlos Estevai. He's not afraid to pitch to anybody ever. And that, like, like you said, yeah, that's that's the guy I want. Cause, yeah, there are other people with more sterling resumes or whatever. But can they, can they take that hit and come back from it? Can they figure out a way to go back out there the next day? Carlos um, Fett, that's what I want. I yeah, want Carlos love Fett. It. Love it. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna round we're gonna let him round out the the power rankings then, and the new guy can be victim of being a new guy. <laughs> Sorry, Robert Stevenson. All right, yeah, we'll leave both those guys as honorable mention because we still don't know what we're going to get with Michael Givens, right? He, good resume, yeah. didn't do it last year. Robert Stevenson, okay resume. We'll see what happens. So, okay, that's who we're going to have as our number 10. Uh, in number 10, Carlos Estevez. Number 9, Tyler Kinley. Number 8, Scott Oberg. Number 7, Ryan Rollison. Number 6, Yency Almonte. Uh, at number four and five, and no particular order there. Drew and I go back and forth. John Gray, Daniel Bard, and one through three is going to be Antonio Senzatella, Kyle Freeland, firmly in there at number two, and Herman Marquez. So Marquez Senzatella, however you want to draw it up, but that would be our power ranking right go. now of Rockies pitchers. There you have it. A solid group. It. it you know, like you said, and, and I actually think that some of the most interesting and fun stuff does start to get where we where we finished off there. True, right? yeah. What if Michael Givens ends up being their best reliever next year? That would be in line with his resume and wouldn't surprise Orioles fans, even if it would surprise Rockies fans. Um, 
you know, uh, it, what if uh, what if Ryan Castellani does end up being a, a very solid fifth starter for the team? That's not out of the question. He could be in there for some things. Uh, we talked about Robert Stevenson. Uh, a lot of these other guys. Justin Lawrence was one of those guys whose stock was really rising right before we didn't hear from him for two years. Uh, so, you know, it's just, yeah, there's a lot of, it's, it's almost like there are equal parts question marks and things to get potentially excited about, right? It's like, and really, to your point earlier, to conclude, it, it's after well, starting at spot seven, really, and on maybe through, I would say, 20, spot 20. You've got all these guys who are like, I don't know. <laughs> could could be really good. Could be nothing. None of them are they overly invested in. None of them are they especially tied to in any particular way. So that's the good thing is they should have Very the space good. to let the cream rise to the to the top, right? Yeah. Yeah, they'll, they'll still be those frustrating times where you go, ah, they're going back to this guy again. And ah, give somebody else a chance, but you, you, you have to let a guy totally blow his opportunity because there's developing going on. That's the hard part. So on the on the one hand, you go, you're not stuck with anyone. Whereas you know, coming into you know, I, that was kind of the story in 2019, I think, where I was like, you knew what the bullpen was going to be, essentially because you go, well, you got Davis, Oberg, Shaw, McGee. I mean, those are four guys right there that are locked into spots in the bullpen. Right. Who has options left? Well, not Estevez, not Diaz. So, so there, there's some issues there. So right. now on the flip side, you got a lot of flexibility, but at the same time, you don't want to say, hey, you know, Tommy Doyle, uh, you got knocked around just a little bit your last two outings. We're sending you down. Philip Deal, you come up. And then he sticks around for a couple weeks and, hey, Deal, you know, you got knocked around after a week or two. Yeah, so there's going to be some yeah. of those, those periods where you got to say, you got to stick with Doyle. And that, that's part of the development of, of any team and any bullpen. And that's that's where the manager gets, you know, not a bad rap, but you, that's where the manager gets that criticism. Oh, why did you go to this guy again? Well, because, you know, he might not have been the, uh, the best choice today in this game right now. But if we're going to win, you know, games the rest of the season, he we I got to invest in this guy, guy today yeah. Yeah. to see if just maybe I can get two more outs out of him. And if so, now that's going to lead to, x amount more outs in the right. future it's that investment right. so you know like like so many things in life it's a gift and a curse but there's a lot to to focus on as far as the gift goes and when it, when it turns bad it'll be bad but but right now when when you've gotten the off season a lot of dreaming to do there's a lot to dream about and and hope for with the with this bullpen here of the colorado rockies going forward yeah, absolutely. And by the way, speaking of gifts, you just set me up for that so easily. Tomorrow, we're talking gifts. We're talking presents. We're talking swag. We're talking about your Rockies stuff. So hit us up. First of all, if you're a subscriber, the best way to do it is come into the Discord chat, go into that Rockies chat room, share with us some of the cool Rocky stuff you've gotten over the years as gifts or maybe some stuff you've given as gifts just some cool rocky stuff we're going to share some stuff that we've gotten with you some people on our staff going to be swinging by sharing some things i believe michaela perkins and spencer smith going to be stopping by the show you'll remember them from our food draft where they both did absolutely fantastic crushed us showed up so if they're if they're as good at showing off rocky swag and and spencer made it sound like he's got some fantastic stuff I know Michaela's got good stuff. I've seen a couple things. So 
if they can live up to their you know performance in the draft, then I think we're set for a pretty fantastic show. What what's what's the over under, or rather, how many minutes into the podcast will Michaela let it slip that she got she has a cool piece of D backs merchandise for her time oh, working with them? Will that happen? Kings over under. I, you know, I feel like she's she's properly sensitive of that subject. I think you're right. She, she's navigated it so well, but I feel like. I would put the over <laughs> under like at thirty five minutes because. So you think? <laughs> so you think she will? She she'll. I feel like there's a chance for it to come up. There's and definitely she, a chance. And she will so gracefully. But I think she will avoid it. She'll segue. be like. You think she'll avoid it? Okay. She'll be like you know how there's the Randy Johnson. You know they they race the bobbleheads. I actually have one of the Randy Johnson heads. You'd be like what? That's amazing. She wouldn't say it. She's too much of a professional. So I'm going to take the under and say okay. she will not, even though she probably does own a Randy Johnson bottle. Like, yeah, he, sure he needed a new head. Yeah, they had to refresh the mullet in the back. So they discarded <laughs> the old one. She won it in a raffle. I'm like, oh, my God, that's better than any piece of memorabilia I think I own. Right. And yet she will not mention it. She is a professional. Besides like being that. a birthday girl, she's also a professional. Please right. wish her a happy birthday. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Make sure you do that tomorrow. You can wish her a belated one if you swing by our YouTube channel at 405. Talk Rockies, presents, gifts, and swag with us. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. So make sure you're following on social media at Patrick D. Lyons, at Drew Creaseman at DNVR underscore Rockies. You are subscribing to the DNVR.com so that you can hang out with us in the Discord and share all that stuff. Plus, you get discounts on hats, shirts, masks. You get a bigger beer when you come down to the DNVR bar when it reopens. And you get to be a part of just the coolest, coolest community of Denver sports kids anywhere in the world. Kids of all ages, as they say. So thank you so much for continuing to be absolutely awesome out there. I promise you that we will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.